Deuteronomy chapter 32. We're going to speak this morning, the Lord helping me, again on the subject of spiritual realm and the natural world. The spiritual realm and the natural world. Deuteronomy 32, we're just going to lift again two verses, verses 30 and 31. Keep your Bible open, please. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. We looked last week at quite a lot of things in this chapter that the rock is the God of Israel. And here, how should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? We looked at it in depth last week at how the, the spiritual realm, as it were, coming into the natural world. It's all through the Bible. God is a spirit, Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. He says that the God, our Father, he seeketh people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And those people he called true worshipers. And the, But what I realm coming into the natural world, for example, I don't know what you see but what I see whenever I look at the happenings in the earth today, when I see the happenings of the state of our nation, I see the spiritual realm affecting the natural world. I see the spiritual realm affecting the natural man and woman and the very decisions that they make, whether it's government level to individual persons. If you looked at the chapter and just went a couple of verses back to verse 20, it speaks well of the United Kingdom today. For they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. How many in our nation are so carnal? How many in our nation are so naturally based in the world that the spiritual realm means nothing to them except they be superstitious? Even somewhat religious. And brothers and sisters, I might say some things today. We're going to look at obviously scripture, but I'm going to say some things today that you might think this can't be real. This can't be right. But I'm going to say it because God has placed it on my heart. And notice here, it's how can one chase a thousand, two put ten thousand to flight, except the rock sold them. The difference being put here is that God is our rock. And unless when we see our nation and we see something going wrong, it's because, as it were, God has sold us in the sense that we have put God out of our land, out of our nation, out of our homes, out of our schools and our universities and out of our colleges. Listen, we've put them out of the church. And so we wonder how the enemy, spiritually speaking, even working through the natural world, when it attacks us and things happen, we say, how did this happen? Notice here, one can chase a thousand to ten thousand in the sense that when the spiritual realm comes to the natural world, I see things, whether it be in the recent events in the United Kingdom, whether it be even with the whole Brexit thing, and everyone is against it, and all that sort of stuff was happening, yet things were still carrying on. I believe it was in God's word for us to come out. And so I see God moving in that, but what about the natural world? Many Christians don't see the things in the scriptures of it because they're natural. They're not seeing the spiritual. 
Many people come to church to be churchy, to be religious. But the Spirit isn't there. The Spirit isn't with them, in them, and they don't know the things of the Holy Ghost. There's men who could quote you every jot and every tittle of the Word of God, but there's no Spirit and grace with them. Notice here, and in two, how can one or how should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Except the rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. In other words, if we were to turn to God as a nation, as a people, if little old Ulster was to turn back to the God who blessed her, if the United Kingdom, if Ireland, United States of America, of Canada, we could go on, was to turn to the Lord who's blessed them, uh, then again we would find blessing there. What is the hope for the United Kingdom? Is it Boris Johnson? Dear, help us if it is. Is it a political party? Dear, help us if it is. The hope for our nation is the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel and his word. And there's law in our land. And notice here, when the spiritual comes, we are saved. When you're saved, you're, first of all, you're dead in your trespasses and your sins. And God comes into that dead life. Quickens us to behold the Lamb of God. And so the spiritual realm, as it were, comes into the natural world. And, and you and I are different. We should be different. We should think different. We should live different. Yet we're in a body of flesh that loves this world. Notice the rock here. Uh, we'll not turn to it just for time's sake, but later on, read Matthew chapter 16. And the Lord Jesus says, uh, Whom the men say that I, the Son of Man, am. And they give him this list of who people think he is. Lord Elias or Jeremiah or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. Then he says, you see, he's looking at the crowd. He's getting the census. Who do they say I am? Who am I? According to those people, these natural men and women like you and like me in flesh and blood. And without the Holy Spirit, oh, you could be in a prophet. You could be, well, even highly esteemed as a, as, as a man like John the Baptist. But going from the census, he then turns to them and he wants their own individual answer. But whom say ye that I am? What if Christ was before us today and he said to every one of us, right up and down the rows, right to the very back over here to this side. What if he said face to face, eyeball to eyeball, and he asked us all, whom say ye that I am? The natural man says, well, maybe you're a good person or some sort of spiritual leader, some spiritual guru, or or you're maybe even a prophet, a well-known prophet, a good prophet. Peter replies to him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Listen to what Jesus says. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The spiritual realm 
came into the natural world at that moment and spoke through to Peter, to Christ. Proclaimed him as the Son of God. Proclaimed him as Messiah. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice what Jesus says. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter. The word Peter is Petros. And upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. Notice Peter is not the first pope. The, the chair that the pope sits in is not the, the, the chair of Peter and his ascended line. Peter is not the head of the church. Listen, Queen Elizabeth is not the head of the church either. Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head. Peter Patros means a stone. Yes, he would be valuable in the kingdom. Yes, he would be he would be a great influence to the people. Yes, of course he would. But not that which you build upon. The idea was of the spiritual realm coming to Peter and saying, This is the Son of God. This is Messiah. This is the Savior. This is the one that the prophets spoke of. This is he. See, the difference is, is that the prophet said he's coming. He's coming. Throughout the years, he's coming. He's coming. Kept prophesying. He's coming. He's coming. But Jesus speaks differently for he stands and he says, I am come. I am come in my Father's name to do my Father's will. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. I am come. Spiritual realm coming into the natural world takes the man and woman somewhere else, elevates them to a different place. You know, there are many people in the church, and we're aware, we are aware of the presence of the Spirit of God. We're so aware of the anointing in the meeting. Sometimes we're in a, in, in a meeting and it's a, a, an ordinary gospel service. I mean, ordinary is just plain gospel message, no heavy teaching or, or, or even ministering to the saints, but it's to reach the lost, to, to call them to Christ. And, and, and people would say, there was a drawing in the meeting. There was a draw spirit at service. Many people feel that. You see, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. And how come it is that, that God, uh, the Holy Ghost, he can draw us? He can speak to us when we're dead and sin and, and cause us to be quickened unto Christ. How is it that he can do all of those things, that people are aware of those things? How is it that this happens? But then it seems to be in many Christians, it's, that's the full spiritual level of, of, of Christ or of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something, that the spiritual realm is here at this moment. It's right in this meeting at this present point in time. Not only because he's in the midst of us for the two and three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Not just because of that he said that. Yes, he's here. But there are spiritual happenings that you and I in our minds, 2020 vision, can't comprehend or even see. We need God to take the scales from off our eyes again. If you seem 
if you seen, if God lifted the scales from off your eyes and mine at this point in time, I wonder if we seen what is all around us. The Spirit of God among us and in us. I wonder if we could see with a visible eye the presence of God. I wonder would it change us in our walk with God. I wonder would it change us to follow hard after him. You see, thou art Petros means a stone that can't be moved. And upon this rock is Petra. It means an immovable rock. It's like the difference between a boulder you could lift and shift. Petros to a stone you can lift and move. Petra is like trying to move the rock of Gibraltar. You see the difference? It's immovable. So Jesus was saying, upon what the Spirit gives you of me, what think ye of Christ? It's what the Spirit of God has revealed of Christ to you. That's the rock. That's the firm foundation. That's the Petros, the immovable rock of Israel. The immovable rock of his ecclesia's church. And so when we go here, we see the, 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 the spiritual realm coming into the natural world. If you go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all did eat the same spiritual meat. Notice the same spiritual meat. Yet they ate quail, didn't they, the birds? God sent the quail. But it's spiritual meat. Yet it's actual flesh. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. That rock was Christ. Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. Notice, brothers and sisters, that the rock here where they drank from, theologians debate it some. I know there's big pictures of a split rock and they say this is it at Horeb and all this sort of stuff. Uh, But many believe it was a rock that they carried with them, represented the spirit that would follow them. And out of that time and again, water was poured forth. That rock was Christ. So here is the spiritual and here is the natural meaning. I'm saying that because I want you to see something that things are happening and people are blind to it. And I want you to go and seek God for it. We're always talking about, oh, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the uh, uh, bad spirits and possession and possessed and oppressed and all this and casting out of demons. And, and listen, I understand all of that and I've been involved in all of that too. I understand that. But listen, we need to get away from a lot of that and start fixing and focusing our eyes on the Holy Ghost. Amen. On the things of Christ. 
Every time we mention uh, the enemy's name, we get, he, he gets some sort of glory in the hearts of men. And then some men's hearts are puffed up thinking they're the ones who puts them out. And half the ones who think they put them out are full of the devil himself. Let's talk about the glory of Christ. The wonders of Christ. What is known to man's eyes or to man's senses? What is visible to the eyes? What is hearable to the ears? What is tasteable to the tongue? What is detectable to the nose? That is the smelling. And what is touchable to the hands? That's all man knows. And uh, the very intelligent ones with their, their seemingly infinite brains, you know, God, finite brains, and the more clever they think they are to announce that there is no God, the Bible says, from the infinite God, in his word, the fool have said in his heart, there is no God. I'm looking at men and women with wisdom here. I'm looking at men and women with the wisdom that God has given to them, for he has put within you, He has put right in your hearts the things of his son. You you have more wisdom than all of these brain wavers that you hear. Than all of these men with the big heads that say that they have so many, much of an IQ. You you have more than all of the eggheads put together that try to tell us there is no God. You have the spirit of the living God who's living in you. That's what you have, church. That's who you are, church. You've been made alive and awakened to the things of Christ. And many of them, if Christ eyeballed them this very morning, what think ye of Christ? Many of them wouldn't have an answer but to say you're just a man because of their own senses. Heaven has come down and glory has filled our souls. Heaven has come down and glory has filled our souls. I wonder uh, what would happen if God took the scales from off of all of our eyes. Listen to Romans 8 and verse 5. It says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Brother, will you seek the things of the Spirit? Will you ask your heavenly father, sister, for the things of the Spirit? Will you ask him for the gifts of the Holy Ghost? Come on, will you ask him? Will you plead with him? Will you seek his face? Will you say, Lord, empower me with your Spirit? Will you give me the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Will you use me for your glory? Listen to John 3 and verse 6. The Lord Jesus speaking to a a, a Jewish person. a theologian and a Jewish churchgoer. He says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 8, The wind, he says, bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, brothers and sisters, I mentioned this last week. I am a Pentecostal. Make no apology for it. God has come and God infilled me with the Holy Ghost and I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. I make no apology for that. But I want to tell you, I am not a charismaniac. 
where people are gritting up the nonsense and tricks of the eye and they're having gold dropped from their ceilings to pretend it's God. That's what's wrong with the, the charismatic Pentecostal church. They're trying now, instead of the things of the Spirit, they're trying to, they're trying to improvise with rock band. They're trying to improvise with disco balls. No, the big silver mirrored balls. I'm telling you the truth. Some of them have them to shine the lights on them. They give them the wording of fact. To appeal to the natural fleshy man and woman. To their eyes, their ears, their nose and their mouth and their touch. And they have all of these things. And they say, look. Look at what God is doing of the Spirit. Friend, that is not the Spirit. Another thing, I raise my hands in worship and I've taught about that. And, and, and raising your hands doesn't mean that you've got the Spirit either. There's people who raise their hands in football matches. Brothers and sisters, what I'm telling you this morning is we won't throw the baby out with the bathwater, pardon, the, pardon the, excuse the, the, the expression of it. We won't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Nevertheless, we will also guard against the maniacs that would come and try to disrupt and destroy the precious things of God. Notice, I'm going to tell you some things, God willing, of what has happened to me, what has happened in here recently that very few know about about those that's come to me. I believe in these things. And the Spirit will move in ways we don't understand. And we must be willing to test the spirits. To see whether they be of God. To try them. To prove them. And notice 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, But the natural man... But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, there are people who are unsaved, and you'll talk to them, and they will look at you like you have four heads when you speak about the things of the Spirit. And they'll look at you as if you have four heads if you talk to them about the salvation that's found in Christ. They're natural and they can't take it. And there's going to be those in the church, there are those in the church who think the Holy Ghost speaks to conversion to bring you to Christ. And they can even say that the Holy Ghost will speak at certain periods in time to move you in the spirit, but that you'll experience that drawing of the spirit of God in a meeting, maybe in the gospel, but it's to draw the sinners to Christ. But they stop there and they say, well, God can't speak outside of that. Brothers and sisters, God is God and he is sovereign. And he will do as he pleases. And he'll never go against his word. Notice these spirits of man can't know these things for they're spiritually discerned. And even some believers are shut off from the spirit and they're spiritually discerned. John chapter 14 and verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. 
because it saith him not. And see that. If I don't see it, I won't believe it. It's like Thomas, the risen Lord. He's told of him, he says, if I don't see him, hold him in my hands. Don't see him in my own eyes and hold him in my hands. I won't believe. And you see, uh, it's by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. We, and we don't walk by sight. It's by faith, not by sight. But sometimes God takes the scales of eyes to behold his presence. Because it saith him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Brothers and sisters, can I ask you a question? And if you're saved uh, and you believe it, then will you say yes? Are you saved? When you got saved, do you believe the Holy Ghost came to live in you? Okay. So then do you believe when the Holy Ghost comes to live in you and you come to gather together here or whether you're at home, do you believe that he's in our midst then? Okay, then is that all he's here for? Just for the sake of of being one of our number? Or does he make the whole meeting? He makes the whole meeting. We meet unto him, unto Christ. Men are spiritually discerned and cannot receive. And so he does not believe because of their senses, the natural man. The born again, the blood bought, the born from above, the believer knows or at least should know that there are things which happen and exist in the spiritual world. It's always about the devil. The disciples were in the boat in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee and they seen a figure coming to them walking on the waves of the sea and they cried out for they thought they saw a spirit and the word spirit is phantasma. They thought they'd seen a phantom, one from the occultic arts. In other words, they thought they'd seen a devil. What? The devil can come in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the night, walking upon the sea. The devil can do all that, but Jesus can't. Do you see where our belief is sometimes? Do you see that? And it wasn't the devil, it was Christ himself. Why is it that we can say, the devil's attacking me, and the devil's this? Listen, the devil isn't omnipresent, you know that. And the devil isn't omnipotent either. And the devil isn't even omniscient. There's only one is, and that's our Father in heaven. It's Almighty God. And when Christ shed his blood in Calvary, he crushed the serpent's head. Which means you and I are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Notice this. We should know that there's a a spiritual word that exists in an unseen realm, which is played out and affects our natural world. And the believers with their spiritual eyes will certainly see happenings which they never seen before. And here's what people think of us, Hosea 9 and verse 7. Hosea chapter 9 and verse 7. Haven't changed. Still the same today. Hosea 9 and verse 7 says, The prophet is a fool, and the spiritual man is mad. He'll even say it to you in the church. The prophet is a fool, and the spiritual man, the word spiritual there is the word ruach. 
the man of the breath, the man of the wind, the man of the spirit. The Ruach is the spirit of God. The prophet is a fool. And the man of the spirit of God, he's mad. He's mad. You see, here's something. I, I got down to thinking about these things. A few weeks before Christmas, I'm going to tell you, and some of you might say, really, this is crazy? Others might say, well, this is what I'm about to say. You might say, well, I, I, I can't understand this at all. I can't take this in. And others might be drawn to understand what's in our meeting when we meet. I'm not speaking about other meetings. Now I'm speaking about our meeting. It's up the others and what the Lord does with them. I'm speaking about here and CET. Some weeks before Christmas, it is Ulster Day. In fact, one of the services I preached on really when it happened was uh, is Ulster's fate in the Capernaum woe. I didn't really want to preach that, you know that. And I even said to you as I didn't want to preach that. Maybe trouble from it. It may be too much for people to take. And I preached it anyway and I, I tried to be obedient to the Lord as much as he would have me to be obedient. When I come down here, there was a woman stopped me here. They're, they're from this church, one stopped me here. And it's the first time ever they've spoke like this. It was someone, you know, you do get those people who are always on the cheese sandwiches, you know, the, the, the dream and see things that's always, they open a box of cornflakes and they see the face of Jesus in the box of cornflakes, all this sort of stuff. And they're, they're, they're one of those people that aren't like that came to me right here. By the time I got to the back, there was another one there. And they said to me, as you were walking up and down here on this pulpit, first of all, they said, it looked like there was angels on the pulpit. They've never spoke like this before in their life. They said, uh, it was like the glory of God. I, I, and you think I'm mad? You think I'm crazy? And I says, no, I don't. No, I don't. And the other one said it to me down there. And then I said, you know why I don't think you're crazy? Because when I'm standing up here, I could see it all over this room. I was seeing it over you. And it isn't the first time. And I don't mention, you know me, I don't talk about these things, but I feel pressed that the Lord has led me to do it over the weeks, over Christmas and New Year. I was saying, Lord, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. The spiritual man is mad. The man of the spirit, it's not, this is nuts, this sort of stuff. But brothers and sisters, there's a spiritual realm and he wants to come into the natural world and what is blocking it is sometimes us. Our attitudes and our unbelief. There's times I'm seeing it and I'm saying, I don't want to know why I should say it or not because then you'll think I'm saying it then. But sometimes I'm saying, come on, the presence of God is here. Come on, there's an anointing in the house today, I would say. Come on, he's here because I'm seeing it. The thing is, it's always here. Sometimes he just takes the scale, pulls back the curtain a little to let you see. And those people, I wouldn't have said, but I saw it myself. It was like a, a mist right across the top of your white cloud. Not thick, but like a mist. The whole way. 
When was our address mission, Glenn? 17th of March this year, past, we had the mission in our dress. And during the mission in our dress, after the meeting, Glenn came to me and Lindsay saw too. And they said this, there was like a vapor of mist we seen. And I said, I know. I saw it all over the meeting. Isn't that true? I asked his permission to say that. Here's what I'm trying to say to your brothers and sisters. This isn't just about church. It's not about Sunday and we come and we, we play and we sing and we have a nice time and, and we gather around the table or at night. When the, this is something that, that God has laid on me that God wants to move. God wants to move, brother. God wants to move, sister. And he's saying that if you would trust in him, if you would just strive on and be faithful to the calling, that he will move in glory. He'll move. God's looking for vessels to fill this morning. God is looking for vessels to fill this morning. God's looking for vessels to anoint. Not to anoint you that you can go back and stay in your house and do nothing with it. And it's not to anoint you that you can go and do something else that you shouldn't be doing with it. And it's not to be a prophet for profit. And it's not to try and sell it for money. Not for the glory of man, but it's to elevate and exalt the Christ of God. For he, he liveth in you. You see, years ago, and this is only my experience, I can't tell you yours, so I'm not, this isn't about me. That's what I'm saying, it's about all of us. We need to shake off the unbelief, brother. We need to shake off the unbelief, sister. You need to realize that when you leave here, he's still in you. You need to realize when you're sitting at home and your brother in here, he's still here with us. You need to realize that those who are thinking of getting into the world to backslide, that he's the one who's blessed you, who's called you, who's saved you, who shed his blood for you, who's bought you, and you belong to him. Years ago, years ago, I used to sit with Alison when we were in Whitewell. And she'll tell you, I sat with her some Sunday mornings, and I'm looking, and she'll see me looking around like this. And at the start, I was going, what is this? And then I got to know the leading of the Lord. And one day I heard him say, it's me. I says, Alison, something's going to happen this morning. I know. There's people one morning were healed in the presence of God. For healed. Brothers and sisters, let's respect this. Respect this. Let's not go into craziness in this. Because God, the Holy Ghost, will lift. The Spirit of God is like a dove. And he will lift his presence. 
The anointing of the Lord which you have received of him abideth in you. But the anointing is his. To use you for his vessel. For his glory. For his honor. See, when you go home today, you remember this. We're always saying when you go home and the Lord goes with you. It's nice we saying, isn't it? You remember that same God who shows in his glory here. Listen, there was a, a lady said to me, she's here this morning too. She's not one of those cheese brigade faculty, cheese brigade people either, you know. You're eating the cheese and you always dream, you know, and you always see weird and wacky things. She's not one of those people. Sane and sensible and even quiet in spirit that seeks and loves the Lord. There's one day she says, are you ready? In fact, on two occasions she came trembling to me saying, I, I, I'm so sorry to say this, but I have to say this. I feel I need to say this. And I said, just say it. She says, one day she says, when you're walking down, it was like a white figure walking up and down. And then disappeared. I don't know what to do with that. She comes again and says, one day there was a black figure come out from the wall. Tall, dark, black figure in the middle of the meeting stood behind me. And you know what I said? And I didn't know. I said, about the power of the blood. I didn't know. And I just started preaching the blood and it, away it went. Because of the power of the blood. Brothers and sisters, here's what I'm saying to you this morning. There's a spiritual realm. We're always thinking about demons and devils and dark spirits. And we're always thinking about that. Oh, that Satan, he's attacked. Listen, what about Christ and his glory? What about the spirit of God who lives in you? What about the anointing of the Holy Ghost on you? Jesus is greater than Satan and sin. And Satan to Jesus must buy. Brothers and sisters, we're all on the winning team. We're on the victory side. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. For there is no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, brothers and sisters, this morning. You know... Sometimes the Christian, and they would look at it, how should one chase a thousand? And two put ten thousand to flight. That's a natural man. Can't happen. Can't happen. Listen, I want to tell you, see if there was a thousand demons here. One man with the anointing of the Spirit can put him to flight. If there are two anointed of the Spirit here, they'll put 10,000, as it were, to flight. If there are three, if there are four, if there are five men and women anointed with the Holy Ghost, they can put the hordes of hell to flight. What do you pray for? What are you praying for? Is it just a, a Mickey Learn prayer that we do? Is it when we come before him, it's because we have to clock card maybe on a Tuesday night. Here we are, the pastors see me and God have just come in here and have marked my card. Brothers and sisters, it's not like that. For whenever we come together, we come to meet unto him. Knowing that in the spiritual realm, we're calling as it were, God to intervene and to interfere and to get involved in the affairs of man. In the affairs of your family. And in the affairs of your home and your marriage.
He is the God of all spirits. He's the God of all flesh. He is God over all false gods. And beside him, there is none other than on us. David, we can see the cry of the natural man's heart in Psalm 25, verse 17. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. <laughs> Look, we're all natural. Sometimes I'm like that. The troubles, Lord, of my heart are enlarged. Eh? The troubles of my heart, Lord, are enlarged. <laughs> oh, bring me out of distress, he says. Here, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Listen, what about saying, you know what? Lord, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. But you are going to give me an even greater heart. You have given me a bigger heart. You have given me a heart without condemnation through the blood of Christ. You have washed me and cleansed me and you have covered me. I have the Holy Ghost within me. I am anointed of the Spirit and with the glory and power of God. And you can say, Lord, I'm getting on my knees. For Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. The weakest saint. Israel got victory over their enemies because of their greatness. Foundation, the rock of Christ. That revelation of the spirit of who he is. Listen, right through time, in the deaths of the, of the early martyrs, from Stephen right the whole way through this very day, the gates of hell or death does not prevail against the church. Because Christ is still building his church, brothers and sisters. That is his ecclesia, his called out ones. He's still calling. He's still saving. He's still cleansing. He is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Israel got their victory over their enemies because of their great and firm foundation. They got victory when they believed and trusted in the one which they saw not as though they saw him. They got their victory through, though it were already a victory in the spiritual realm. They got the victory because the victory in the spiritual realm came down and invaded the natural world. I have a great need. Well, you have a great God to meet the great need. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Get on your knees, brother, sister. Get into the closet. Get on your own. If you have to go out for a walk where there's no one about, if you have to get into your car and drive somewhere, get on your own. And when you pray, believe. Lord, this natural man and this natural world, there's impossibilities. Listen, with the great impossibilities you have, nothing shall be impossible with God. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty. Through God, through the putting down of strongholds, I'm believing. 
I'm believing when I'm on my knees. I'm believing for my family. I'm believing for my home. I'm even believing for the finances. I'm getting the trouble in work. I'm, I'm believing for this and for that. I'm believing for healing and for health. I'm believing for it. I'm believing for a marriage. I'm believing for this. And you say, Lord, I'm praying, believing. And thy weapons are not carnal for this natural man, but they are mighty through you. And I'm pulling down the strongholds of the enemy. I'm pulling down the strongholds of the devil. I'm pulling down the strongholds of Satan because I know Since God be for me, who then can be against me? Come on, brothers and sisters. Praise him. Our spiritual weapons are scorned by the world. Our spiritual weapons, Christian, are scorned by the world. But they are feared by demonic powers. When we fight with true and spiritual weapons, then no principality or power can stand against us. The old Puritan John Trapp said, and I'm closing with this, I think. (laughs) The old Puritan John Trapp said, listen to this, as the spittle that comes out of man's mouth slayeth serpents, so doth that which proceedeth out of the mouth of God's faithful ministers to quell and kill evil. Imaginations, carnal reasonings, which are the legion of domestic devils that hold near intelligence with the old serpent. Do you know what he's saying? Do you know what's wrong with our land? Do you know what's wrong with Ulster? Do you know what's wrong with the United Kingdom? Do you know what's wrong? They've got away from the truth of the word. They're not preaching the blood and the book. They've got away from the spiritual moving and power of the Holy Ghost. And they've thrown him out and they have replaced him as it were. Tried to replace him with all the mechanics of man. And all the programs he can afford. And they say look at what he's doing. And it's not God. For God moves in mysterious ways and in powerful force and action. Oh brothers and sisters I'm getting excited. But how can you not? How can you not? So I'm definitely closing with this one. John Calvin. For nothing is more opposed to the spiritual wisdom of God than the wisdom of the flesh. Nothing more opposed to his grace than man's natural ability. Do you know what opposes God even in the church? Man's pride. Do you know what opposes Uh, God in man's flesh, man's pride. Surely God can't have an election. Surely God is only sovereign. Listen, when I allow him in my choice, brothers and sisters, God is sovereign at all times. They oppose him. The church opposes him. We We'll welcome him. We desire him. And we will seek him. For the glory of God.